Welcome back to the Frank James podcast to a very special, unprecedented episode. I'm joined today by Holly N, the mysterious Holly N, my writing partner uh, for the 16 Personalities comedy sketches and more. How's it going, Holly? It is going quite well, Frank. How are you? Fantastic. I am ready to record this podcast for the first time. Absolutely. Never happened before. <laughs> Completely unprecedented. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so you you and I, we uh, write those, those uh, comedy sketches together, and uh, I just thought it would be fun to do a behind-the-scenes thing and talk about how we do it and uh, all the blood, sweat, and tears that we put into it and uh, maybe offend some people along the way. Oh, good. Love to offend. <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page. Uh, before we get into it, let's just give a shout out to a sponsor for the podcast. What? Um, this podcast is sponsored by Audible. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. The the people who have an unprecedented collection of audiobooks for you to choose from. You can get a month free by using my link, audibletrial.com slash fj. Not Audible Trail, but audibletrial.com slash FJ. I myself use Audible. You use Audible too, don't you? I do use Audible every day. Uh, I don't know that I would read any books if not for Audible. Yeah, even as an English teacher, I find that I just don't end up having the time. Uh, so it's really helpful to yeah. be able to listen to an audiobook instead of reading the same book over and over again with the children. Right. <laughs> Plus, you, you can pop on an audiobook and you can like wash your dishes, clean your house. Uh, feel productive. Absolutely. Feel productive. Two birds, go. one stone. Right, exactly. So that's how I roll, you know. And uh, I'm in the Wheel of, I'm getting into the Wheel of Time series right now. I just started book three. It has its ups and downs. And I definitely wouldn't have read the two books in if it was just me sitting with a book. So thanks, Audible. <laughs> thanks, Audible. <laughs> so yeah, one month free trial at audibletrial.com slash FJ. No strings attached, free audiobook for you to keep for forever. Now let's get into the the heart of the matter here. The yes. 16 personalities uh, sketches on the YouTube channel. I guess I always just assume everyone who's listening to this knows about that, but I suppose it's entirely possible that someone could find this podcast not knowing what's going on, but yeah. Very true. You're a man that wears many hats. You never know. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's true. Um, so we asked uh, people on YouTube for questions they had for behind the scenes stuff. And so we're going to go through a lot of that. A lot of Great, insightful, uh, probing questions that we're going to go into. Um, First, do we just want to start, first of all, with how we ended up writing together? You want to give your side of the story? Sure. Yeah. So I actually... Back in the summer of 2018, I started watching your channel, uh, and I didn't really know a lot about Myers-Briggs other than knowing that I tested as an INFJ. Um, But watching your channel made me get really interested in it, and over the course of a couple months, we kind of got to be friends because we had a bizarre amount of things in common with each other. 
Yeah. And then that kind of led into eventually this past summer, I just felt like writing a script. So I wrote a script and I sent it to you and I hope that you would think it was good and not horrible. And <laughs> as I as I opened it up, I was hoping it was also good and not horrible so that I wouldn't have to uh, give you the bad news to be like, or oh. be like, hey, that was great. I totally rewrote it. Uh, <laughs> so good. I'm going to just put it here in this drawer. <laughs> <laughs> and pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So and since then, uh, I don't know what I would do without this partnership, because the basic uh, way that we work, which is one of the, several questions kind of touch on this, like, mm -hmm. how do we collaborate on it is uh, we talk about what we're going to do, like the themes and the, I guess, the specifics of what the videos are going to be. Sometimes trying to plan it out in advance, like a month at a time or so, so that we can sort of explore a bunch of different sketches that are in the same thematic ballpark. You yeah, know what I'm saying? a little character arc. Right. And so then... You or I, mostly you, uh, go away, <laughs> then come back with the script and uh, we go over it uh, over the phone. I do a cold reading of it and then uh, we discuss how we can improve it and I go away and record it and oftentimes change a bunch of stuff that you are surprised by when it gets released. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's a good, a good working partnership there. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I think that that's kind of the fun of it is that since I'm not seeing you act things out until I'm watching the video when it's done, um, I don't always know what you're going to do. I don't always know what you're going to change. And I think we're good about kind of leaving that space for change what you want to change, you know, go for what you want to go for. Yeah. And it's also the kind of thing where a lot of times when we're discussing the the lines or whatever going over specific stuff in a script we're like oh yeah that's great that's funny but then when i get it into in front of a camera and i'm trying to actually say stuff it i've suddenly realized i just can't say these words <laughs> <laughs> you know i know and i look back too i think that when i was first writing scripts for you i wasn't really in the mind of a script writer. I hadn't really written a lot of scripts before. So I had a ton of really wordy lines and I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I, <laughs> I remember. I expected you to say a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because on the page, at first, you, I wasn't like, it was hard to like look at a line and say, that's going to be really long. Mm -hmm. Now I'm pretty good at looking at a line and being like, oh, that's way too long. So <laughs> Yeah, I think we've both been able to. I know that when I'm writing now, I try to keep it to a certain amount of lines. If it's like one or two lines of text, that's good. If it's three, I'm like, all right, we got to start coming yeah. back here. <laughs> Yeah, though sometimes it's good, like, we do that on purpose. We'll have mm -hmm. someone who goes on at length just because it's funny in terms of the pacing of the overall sketch. Yeah, agreed. Especially if it's, like, you know, the ENTP or something. Yeah. They like to go on at length. Have a type, Verbose. go on a diatribe. Right, exactly. And it's funny because when your first script was the substitute teacher mm -hmm. one, and I had done, I don't know, five or six up to that point 
on my own. And then when I put that video out, I remember my mom saying, yeah, wow, that one's a lot longer than your other ones. <laughs> that would <laughs> I was be like, me. It's a little longer. It's a little more, you know, there was more, more substance to go into. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was, I think at that time, overthinking. Uh, since I myself am a teacher, I was writing that script over the summer. Uh, I think I just needed to feel productive and like I was doing something with my life. So I was like, let me just dedicate like a solid day to the script that Frank may or may not use without yeah. telling him. <laughs> a whole day. And now it's like, you know, you might spend <laughs> five minutes as you're driving down the road. Yes, yes. One minutes. hand on the wheel, one hand in your notes app. That's absolutely how I do it every day. <laughs> Speeding down the highway. <laughs> so I guess that kind of goes in the next one. It says, how long does it take for you to write your sketches? So I think... Yeah, how long does it take? I don't, we, I don't think we've talked about this. How long does it actually take you to write a script now? Usually it depends because I'm, I'm the kind of person where I like to... I like to pick it up and put it back down and pick it up and put it back down like throughout the day. Yeah. Um. But if I'm really sitting there, no more than like an hour and a half or so. Yeah. And usually I'm doing something else, like I'm listening to a podcast or I'm watching something. So it's not like it's a, it's not an hour that's badly spent. It's usually kind of a nice, better than grading at least. <laughs> like, yeah. all right, I'm going to put this grading to the side. I'm going to write a script. How do you listen to a podcast and then write at the same time? I don't know. How does that even... Uh, do you listen to any uh, audible audiobooks while you're you know writing what? the script? <laughs> Sometimes I do. I was working on the script for today or the script for this week today, and I was listening to my latest audiobook, Such a Fun Age. Get it on Audible. <laughs> New Frank's Code. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I think that my brain has been broken by teaching since I teach yeah. middle school and it's just like constant stimuli all the time. I think that now I don't know how to live without constant chaos in my brain. So I just create it. You get nervous if there's too much uh, quiet, you know. I, I can't be alone with my thoughts. It's horrible. <laughs> So then I guess the next one would be for you. How long does production time take since I'm, you know, we do the run through of the script and then I pass it off to you. I pass the baton. Yeah. Well, it's interesting well, before to answer the writing question, even though I, it's been a while since I've, oh, yeah. people are going to be like shocked. Like, Frank, you don't churn those out yourself. It's like I have I've written, I've written several of them, but it's like they come a lot faster now. When I did the first one, the job interview one. Mm -hmm. That took a long time. That took like, maybe not that long, but at least a few hours. And I was like grinding on some of them. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And it's funny when you look at that one, they're not really, they're very like broad interpretations, basically like the, uh, what's the word? They're just like the broadest interpretation of each type. It's yeah. like, what is, what is an ISFJ? They uh, are orderly and nice and polite. <laughs> And that's literally the line basically said that. So I was like, yeah, not it's not the most creative stuff. But now when I'm uh, churning out a script, it it's a bit faster. And I I don't I like to go to I mean, I can work at home. I like to go out to like a coffee shop or something to do it. Oh, so that's nice. That's a good idea. If I can. 
see, I live in the middle of nowhere. So, like, I think if I wanted to go hang out somewhere, I'd have to go to, like, McDonald's, which I think would just make me more depressed. <laughs> 16 types at McDonald's. 16 personalities experiencing depression at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and then once once the script is turned over to me for production, it'll take me about three hours to film. And it used to be a bit faster before I had a studio that I could use because I would just shoot it in my bedroom. And so I'd have to, well, it's ironic. You'd think in some ways it took long. It was more frustrating before. And I would dread having to film because it's like, I got to set up my lights in my bedroom. So I got to take the chair out. So I have enough room to put the camera in, you know, and set up the green screen. Now it's all just here. Mm -hmm. So I just turn it on. And, uh, but I think I felt rushed before when I was shooting because it wasn't like my workspace. It was my bedroom. Now I take a lot more time when I'm shooting and, so it takes longer, but it's a lot more relaxed. And I used to get nervous when I would shoot, which is weird, but I would be like jittery, almost like I was about to do a live performance. And it just felt like a lot of pressure. Yeah, I can understand that, especially because I know you were living with your brother at the time. So it was kind of having to coordinate around his schedule too. Yeah. I can be yeah. a pain. Right. And, you know, sometimes when he was like in the other room, it was like really it felt really awkward to record because I'm up here saying the same line 15 <laughs> times trying to get it right. Sometimes I'm tripping over it. Sometimes I just worry that I didn't say it right. And so, yeah, it just felt like too much pressure, but now it's a breeze. So I take my time and it's a lot more fun. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, so about three hours to shoot and then maybe another two to three hours to edit it and then make the thumbnail and upload it. So from beginning to end, I would say eight to 10 man hours, <laughs> maybe more. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that sounds about right. Occasionally, I upload it and send it to you and ask, like, what do you think about this? Oh, yeah, if that's, I, that's when I, I get fussy with it. Yeah, I feel in, insecure. It's usually like, is the music too loud? Well, the recent one was I was doing the office one and I was like, I'm not going to do music for this one. And then you looked at it and you're like, yeah, I should probably have music. And I was like, no. <laughs> but then I did music and I was like, you're right. I so, love that you cop to you being like, no, because yeah. <laughs> me. you're like, well, I think that it's fine without music. But if that's what you think, I guess I can try <laughs> I was like, I know that he's on the other end. Just <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, the music, because of the first several I did, didn't have any background music, but I kept getting, you know, it wasn't maybe that many, but it was like a handful of comments. I was like, dude, you should put music. It like, you know, needs more energy. Yeah. And I've never gotten a comment saying take out the music. No, so. I think I think you do a good job managing the levels of it. I think that is one thing is that you are maybe people don't always even realize this, but I think that you are really always cognizant of like the sound levels and how everything goes together and all of the editing. There's a lot that goes into it, I feel. Oh yeah, it's a full production. And some in some ways that's like the where it all comes together because 
when I'm actually shooting it and I'm acting it out, I'm like, a lot of times in my mind, I'm like, this is not funny. You know, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> this is terrible. But then when I'm able to edit it and even if I'm not doing that much to it, suddenly I'm like, oh, this is funny, especially because you're switching back and forth between different types. Yeah. It gives so it, it the gets, timing. Yeah. they Yeah. Um, so that's when it really comes together is in editing. And uh, that's a fun part of it. Although the least, my least favorite part of editing is when I'm using the green screen and I have to find backgrounds uh, like in stock photos. And sometimes it's just so hard. Ah, uh, yes. And that was the next question was, how do you choose the green screen backgrounds? And do you prefer doing green screen videos or non-green screen videos? I, well, the, I, how do I choose them? Sometimes it's like really easy because it's, you know, utilitarian, like it's supposed to take place at a certain thing. So I just have to find a background of that. You yeah. Know? Office, but, school. Yeah. And it's really difficult sometimes to find those basic ones, like to find the office backgrounds. That was not easy to yeah, find. I that. Yeah. And like the bosses one to find boss offices was really difficult. Like there are no I could not find the stock images or even non-stock images. I just started to like search for stuff that was copy copywritten that I could steal and I couldn't even find it. So you couldn't even steal tragic. Well, I guess it's because there's not that big of a market for a picture of the wall behind a desk without the desk there, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's true. That's true. So. Still, they should anticipate these things specifically for us. Right. Uh, but then my favorite ones to do the green screen for are the ones that are more open, like the last one we did of the types lying because there's no specific place that it is. So I have fun just like thinking of the most random places they can be. Yeah. And yeah. So coming up with like the ENTP was out of five guys and uh, arguing with all five of the guys. Right. <laughs> right. That was the most random one. There really wasn't anything too absurd in that one, but it's just You did put uh sorry. Uh you did put Timmy and uh the which character? The ENTJ. Oh right. Or the ESTJ out by the pond, which was I thought right. very romantic setting for them. Right. I ship it. I think it's gonna be a, you know, <laughs> a, an enemies to lovers kind of deal between <laughs> Timmy and the ESTJ. Yeah. Uh, that was a good one. Um, but I also like the non-green screen, but those can be a little bit more intimidating because you have to move the camera around and you have to set up the lights and you have to figure out, it like gives you a lot more flexibility because you can change the focal length and you can make the shots completely different from one another. But you know, the drawback is you have to like do work. So don't you hate doing work? I hate doing work. Yeah. And then the other <laughs> the other drawback is usually I'm shooting it in my apartment, so I have to have my apartment straightened up, uh, which, you know, is just an extra layer of cleaning and cleaning. work. Disgusting. Yeah. Wow. We don't really sound like INFJs right now. We sound like <laughs> INFPs. I'm going to submit this to the mistyped. <laughs> so let's see. All right. So the next one, do you have a favorite type or two to act out? And then I put slash right. 
Well, why don't you take this one first? If you have a favorite one to uh, write. Yeah. So I really like to write the types that I know pretty well in real life. So I know a lot of INFPs and I just love INFPs in general. So I find it pretty easy and fun to write the INFP every week. Um, I also know a lot of people who are ENFJs, ESFJs. I find those really easy to write and it's kind of fun to put myself in the point of view of a friend who might be completely different than me and try to write those. And I I do love, I love ENTJs too, because I just, I admire their, their chutzpah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. They tell it like it is. They tell it like it is, man. (laughs) Yeah. I would say my favorite to come up with stuff for is the ENFP, because it's just like the one that has I feel like that's the one where you can come up with the most absurd stuff. Yeah, the ENFP is a mix of very lovable and completely eccentric, and you gotta right. love, you gotta love that. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, we just if we just come up with a joke that's totally absurd, we just give it to the ENFP. We're not even really thinking about type. We're just like, <laughs> you know, that's the weirdest thing. <laughs> Yeah, we've also found that ENFPs are like the most sensitive for some reason. They're like, you portrayed us like an idiot. I, like, I think it's just the ENFPs. They have they have a lot of depth beyond the like hyper squirrel thing. But sometimes when you only have, you know, 10 seconds, the hyper squirrel thing plays. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what people don't realize. It's like when they get irritated with you know, our, our script or the portrayal, it's like, I've got 10 seconds to encapsulate a person. So. Yeah. And I think that it's too, I think part of it is that there's that additional constraint of you make the choice of not revealing the type until the end of the little skit with their personality in it. So you want to make it also guessable for the viewer Oh, yeah, that's true. And so there's kind of that, okay, so it needs to be a joke. It needs to be funny. And it also needs to be recognizable to that type. It needs to be a joke and funny? That's asking a bit much, don't you think? I know. Sometimes (laughs) sometimes I miss the mark on that. But, you know, I try. I try, man. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's it's a lot of things to to uh, keep in mind. Although I was thinking, I don't know if this is just like asking too much, but if it was like starting a video off by saying, Hey guys, this week I'm trying something different. I'm not going to put the types and you guys guess what they are. And I'll put the answer below. I think that'd be fun. Why that not? Could be, that could be fun. Cause I mean, people like guessing anyway. And I've gotten, I got one comment from someone who was like, dude, you're ruining the jokes by putting the types at the end. And I'm like, I can see what you mean. Like, it's like this distracting thing on the screen at the punchline. But I mean, I've only had that complaint once, but it would be sometimes when we're, when I'm editing them, I do the, the labels last, like I do all the editing and then I put in the type labels Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I almost forget to put them in sometimes because I'm like, oh, this is just like a good comedy thing. 
then you're like, oh, yeah. And then you get the people that ask what the letters mean. So, <laughs> so you put them up there for nothing. I even put it in the, the pinned comment. If you don't know what the letters mean, I, I just don't get when people are so lazy that they can't just Google like 16 personalities. Like I just, or just Google one of the things that came up. You know, if I can't think of any of the types if you Googled it where it wouldn't come up with what it was. You know, like if it was something else, but yeah, or even just looking at the tags. But at the same time, as somebody who teaches eighth graders, for me, my expectations are on the floor. So that doesn't really surprise me. (laughs) Yeah. I got another funny comment that was like, I feel like I need a psychology degree to understand any of these. It's not funny. And I was like, it's, (laughs) I was like, you don't need to understand what the type, like, it makes me feel like we're not doing a good job if it's like, I don't know what the types mean, therefore it's not funny. It's like, it should still be at least sort of amusing without the type. And then that's the cherry on top to make it even funnier. You should at when least, it's like, oh, that's that type. <laughs> you should at least have a chuckle regardless of whether or not you know the types. Yeah, I mean, that means that we are blowing it. If, We're unfunny. <laughs> if it's losers. not funny. Yeah. We failed on all counts. Because, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know anything about astrology. And I'm thinking, what if I saw a comedy sketch that was like this, the astrology types doing stuff? And, like, would I laugh at it even though I'm like, I don't know what's the stereotype of a Capricorn. I don't know. I don't know. That's interesting. I sent you a meme about being a Sagittarius. And you were like, yeah. And you were like, that would be funny if I knew. Oh, yeah. So maybe I I should have some compassion for the people who don't know what MBTI is. You're not being very empathetic right now. No. I can only see my perspective. I think my favorite is when my mom, who knows really not a whole lot about Myers-Briggs and just likes to watch the videos because I write some of the lines. I think my favorite's when she screenshots comments or she takes pictures of them on her phone from her computer. She sends them (laughs) to me and she's like, why don't these people know what the letters mean? He says it every week in the comments. And I'm like, no, mom, I know. (laughs) yeah and i mean it's also like it doesn't take that long to figure out it's not like i'm it's not like we're saying like different types of uh obscure grape varietals in wine you know like where it's like really difficult to understand the differences (laughs) that's the only thing i could come up with off the top of my head grape varietals yeah so it's just me dressed as a grape 16 times 16 types of sommeliers being (laughs) fancy oh yeah that would be that would be so esoteric no one would watch that but um (laughs) but yeah all you do is like there's got to be a website that just has all 16 types listed with a quick description so you can be like oh i i sort of understand this but may, i don't know i'm i'm so far into it now that i can't relate to people who don't know anything about it you you're know just, how that is you're just on the next level you're just galaxy right brain it's, compared it's like to when that. you know it's like a teacher who knows something really well and he's trying to teach a 101 class but he like tells he's like uses all this advanced stuff and he's like you don't know what that is it's like of course not that's why i'm in 101 <laughs> that might be my life 
<laughs> yeah. But yeah, I definitely do know what you mean. And it's, I don't know. I think the, I think what gets me is when people, for whatever reason, when people are like, you should put the type name from 16personalities.com. I'm like, why would I, why would uh, you do that? The advocate. <laughs> I'm like, does that help anybody? I don't know. Maybe it does. I just feel like that would take too much time to read. I you know. know. It's too much Although, words. To be honest with you, I'm too shocked much that. <laughs> <laughs> too much words. Too much words. Um, mildly insensitive, but uh, xenophobic of me. But You're so problematic. <laughs> People think. People think you're not, but you are. <laughs> um, th- that rem- What did that make me think of? Uh, oh, I'm shocked that. 100,000 people know about it. I guess it's like before I did the comedy sketches, I was like doing more, and I still do like, you know, the more esoteric kind of in-depth Myers-Briggs discussions. Yeah. And that, that's, that only appeals to like a small audience. But, but even actually, no, the INFJ stuff still appeals to a big audience. But Myers-Briggs in general, I feel like a lot of people know about it to a level where they know what the letters mean, but they don't care enough to like watch YouTube videos about it Yeah. until like it's a comedy video, you know? Yeah, I think that's true. Because then they can laugh about them and their friends types, you know? Yeah, I found that, I don't know. I I don't talk a whole lot about like Myers-Briggs stuff outside of like at work because it's something that, it's a framework that my coworkers understand. So yeah. I feel like when I get to talking to them about it and they know that I'm into it, then we start to have really great conversations about, well, I'm this type and you're this type and this is how we're the same and how we're different. And I think, so I think that it is, I think it's a pretty accessible tool if you just Google and like take the step to like read about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I understand when though, and it's like, it seems like a big investment when you don't know anything about it. Cause yeah. I remember when I was first getting into it and I would see people's videos where they would like have the function, uh, abbreviations in the title, like F E. And I was like, what is that crap? I don't want to know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that there was even, even when I was trying, even now, I think that there is a certain amount of, there's certain things that, not so much like the basic framework for it, but like the add-ons, like when people talk about the shadow functions and the jumper and the this and the that, that's when I start to be like a little bit still overwhelmed, I guess, because I just want to make sure that I understand everything really well before I speak on it. And I feel like there's just so much out there, but I think that even just knowing just the basics about your type can be helpful. I don't feel like you need to go into everybody's functions and everybody's, you know, yeah, eccentricities. I think yeah, that I mean, if you start looking at just at yourself and then kind of go from there. Yeah, even just the simplest understanding of the letter dichotomies, even though that's not really like the full picture, just knowing, oh, I'm, I see the abstract intuitive stuff before I see the sensory stuff, you know, like that, that in and of itself is a good first step. So yeah, absolutely. that's really all you need to know. Absolutely. I think that as much as it's daunting to get started on it, I think it's 
a worthwhile endeavor. Or at least it has been for me. It's helped me understand myself better. And it's helped me understand my friends, kids right. that I work with, all that kind of stuff. And I'm still not, I'm not an expert. I'm not nearly as learned as you. I just like to write these for fun. <laughs> right. And the more you learn, the more it allows you to make really specific nerdy jokes that only like the biggest MBTI nerds will get. Very it's true. a challenge because, you know, we got to write. I like writing stuff that kind of appeals in a weird way where it's like only it's like you have you get. Oh, he's talking about third slot uh, FI or something, you know, but uh, it can also be funny just if you don't know anything about it, you know? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at our questions that kind of goes along with somebody said, uh, how do you come up with what to do for each type? Do you go off of stereotypes? Do you try to put yourself in the mindset of other types? Do you look at the functions? How do we you do, do all of it? Yeah, I agree. I think when I first started writing for you, I was mostly going off of stereotypes and trying to put my mindset in that of friends and characters that I knew that had certain personality types. Yeah. But I feel like as I've gotten more into it, as I've been writing more of these, I feel like now I'm a lot more cognizant when I'm writing sometimes of... I want to highlight the inferior function or I want to show them in their dominant function. Right. Yeah. Cause there's like two, there's like two, you mentioned basically the two ways to go about it and both can be fun just depending on what, uh, what approach uh, you feel more confident in for that particular type where on the one hand, you're looking specifically at all that nerdy uh, stuff like the functions and like a very, uh, academic approach to it. Whereas you can also approach it, just be like, Oh, this type is, is basically like this celebrity or they are like this stereotype. And I'm not even going to think about, does this make sense in terms of type? And I'm just going to do it, you know? Yeah. And I make think, a joke. Yeah. And I think that I do enjoy doing that. And I, I don't know. I guess on some level, maybe it's a little bit of a cop-out to pick a character uh, that's really similar to the personality type or that might even have the personality type. But I don't know. At the same time, I think it's kind of fun to do. And I think that it can kind of help, too, if you're if somebody's watching the videos and they're new to Myers-Briggs and typology and all that kind of stuff, if they're able to pick out a certain character that we're kind of emulating or riffing on, and they can be like, oh, that's that type. I think it can help you to understand. I know that it helped me when I was first learning the different types to look at yeah. the big characters that had that type and think, okay. Right. Especially when they're emulating a, like the essential qualities of that type. Because if you say like, oh, Clint Eastwood is like the stereotype of an ISTP, if you make, if you just have a character do some joke that doesn't make any sense, but have it be like Clint Eastwood, that's not gonna fly, you know. Yeah. But if you have him, you know, being the kind of like it's me against everybody else, then it's like, oh, that's an embodiment of it. Plus, I have this thing I already know that I can connect it to and be like, oh, that's why he is considered to be that type, and how that's you know an example of that type. 
Um, yeah, I agree. Just having something to kind of ground you and connect you to it. I know for me, uh, one of the big things when I was first learning about the types other than my own was I would think about especially characters from Seinfeld and 30 Rock because those are yeah. my favorite shows. I'd be like, okay, Elaine is an example of an ENTJ. And that helped me yeah. to kind of remember, um, which is kind of silly, but you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And the more I watch Seinfeld, the more I'm like, yeah, she really is. Like, she's, it's funny because she's like beating everyone over the head with logic all the time, but then she'll get hurt really easily by stuff and kind of just like, you know, withdraw in like this really weird way. So it's like, oh yeah, that is. Yeah, she really (laughs) does fit that stereotype very well, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I have fun looking at I feel like there are a bunch of shows that I rewatch knowing more about Myers-Briggs and all of a sudden I feel like I can't unsee a character being a certain type. I was watching uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm yesterday. Yeah. Every, every episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm basically hinges on Larry David disrupting some social nicety and not knowing how to be a regular human being and everything <laughs> falls apart. And I'm like, he's just such an INTP. That's yeah. such an INTP thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because, well, I, I mean, in that show, he's basically riffing off of himself yeah. as a character. And in TV shows, I think when the writing in a TV show or anything like a movie or a book is really good character-wise, obviously, well, not obviously, but it's like these the writers probably don't know about Myers-Briggs, you know, or if they yeah. do, they're not like really into it. So it's not like this character is going to be an INTP, but they, they just instinctively know these archetypes. And so when they're very consistent and you can actually like type the character and see how they're consistently that way without it even being intentional in the Myers-Briggs sense, um, that's when, you know, it's a good story, a good, uh, good writing because the, the writers are able to keep that, archetype consistent like they knew it yeah it's true because i feel like there are a lot of tv shows um that you know maybe they're good for the first season or so and then the character development is just totally completely off course you're like what who is this character i thought i knew them but i don't and yeah i think that that is something that is a sign of a good good writing is when you can keep the different characters personality is distinct and you don't have them being inconsistent. Yeah. And it can even go in reverse. Like in the early seasons, the characters are not so good, but then later on they get really solid and you're like, oh, they figured it out. Like they, they realized what was part of the type and what wasn't. Yeah, that's true. Like I think about um, like Parks and Recreation, kind of the main character of Leslie was kind of, she's really kind of unlikable, I guess, in certain points. And then they made her into kind of more of a warm, I would say ESFJ kind of character. And Mm -hmm. they were able to keep her character with that personality for the remainder of the show. And even with Seinfeld, it took a while for it to find its footing as we've discussed. Oh yeah. (laughs) Some of those early episodes are rough. They are. uh... Oh, they, they were finding <laughs> they were finding their way. 
Yeah. <laughs> we'll cut him some. We'll give him some You're grace. Like, oh, honey. <laughs> oh, honey. Oh, Larry. <laughs> Get it together. Uh, what would you say is the type that is easiest to write lines for? So this is was interesting because when we recorded this the first time, <laughs> <laughs> we kind of had an, uh, opposite views on this. But I think for me, the easiest type to write is the INFJ because I'm just writing yeah. what would I think. And I guess I'm just used to trying to make jokes about everything. I think that's kind of a part of who I am. So I usually have something ready to go. Um, but yeah, I think for me, INFJ, INFP, those are the first two that I always have just, you know, in the bank ready to go when we write scripts. Yeah. How about for yeah, you? I mean, on the one hand, INFJ is easy because it's like, you know, we we have intimate knowledge of it. Um, and because that's the type that I talk about the most on the channel, but it's not, it, I have more insecurity about it because I'm like, this has got to be good because this is the one that most people identify with, you know? Yeah, I think there is definitely. And, and I think that I get kind of, uh, lucky in a way because I don't have the same <laughs> pressure on me as you, you know, it's your face, your channel, you know, your yeah. viewers, whereas I can write a line and have a laugh at it and give it to you and go on my merry way. So yeah, <laughs> I can, I can definitely, I think that if I was the one in front of the camera, I would probably feel that pressure too of, okay, the INFJ has got to be solid every week. Yeah. This is my bread but, and butter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think with the, the easiest one, I think, and I, I don't even know if my answer is going to be the same as before, but I think the INFP is probably one of the easiest. All the IPs, well, except for the ISFP, the INFP and the INTP, I think, are the two maybe the easiest, but the most fun because they're sort of like two different stereotypes generally of just introverts, like the more sensitive introvert and then the more socially inept introvert. Yeah, uh, and I was... I was thinking that too. Um, when we asked, when we were answering, do you have a favorite type to write? INTP is one of my favorite types to write. So yeah. know, that was a glaring omission because I love INTPs. Yeah, just, yeah. And I think they're good sports too. The INTPs are always good sports in the comments. They're always just right. like, man, you dragged us and it yeah. was funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that does play into it because when we see the comments and we see a certain type get, if they're more receptive to stuff or if they're like more easily offended, then it makes you more or less uh, eager to write them the next time. I think uh, it's true. Yeah. I mean, we get generally people of every type who are like, oh, yeah, that was funny and hashtag relatable. But there are certain types that seem to more often be like, that was not even close. Why do you think I'm like that? I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> like, well, we had to exaggerate things for comedy, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I think that does, it kind of goes into, uh, somebody asked, how do we, and I thought this was a good question, how do you balance the impressions that you give about the different types? So making sure you're not focusing on just one strong suit or one of their flaws every single week yeah that's tough because with some of them like the estp i think we maybe that's one where we're just very heavily like 
relying on the stereotype of them being, you know, athletic and kind of uncouth and they just do whatever they want. Yeah, it's true. They do end up, they do end up being the, the jock bro a lot. Yeah. So it does. Yeah, I think that that is true. There are certain ones that I think maybe it matters a little bit less because there are certain types that don't watch the videos quite as much. Right. Um, so, for like, example, like ESTPs. Yeah, for example, I very rarely see an ESTP saying, "Hey, you have our type." Although I have, and I've seen, yeah. and I've seen too. I've seen female ESTPs. They're like, "I'm not like this," and and, yeah. I, and I take that into consideration. But for the most part, I think that it's far more likely for an INFP or an INFJ or INTJ. To be yeah, in the, the intuitives, especially, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I could have just saved myself some breaths if I just yeah. had intuitives, huh? <laughs> you just name eight types, the eight intuitive types. <laughs> the ones, all the ones that start with the eyes. So so <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah, it's, uh, the one, though, that I think that we most often get comments where it's like, man, you just don't get our type is probably the ISFPs, I yeah. think. And that is one... That's one where I struggle to figure out how to portray them without kind of resting on their the fact that they love beauty and aesthetic harmony and they have good sense of fashion and they like music. It's, yeah. it's hard because taking that out of the equation, how do how do we differentiate them from an INFP, for example? Right. In a way that's also funny. Right. Yeah, because that's the thing is it's like we're trying to keep them all spaced out enough that they like spaced out in a uh, character way that there's distinction and it doesn't just feel like you saw the same person twice. Right. Yeah. So in trying to make them distinctive, again, it's that like trying to walk the line and sometimes sometimes we get it, sometimes we could still work on it of trying to balance it and make it recognizable, but not overly stereotypical. And sometimes, oops, go ahead. I was just going to say it's, there are some types that just don't have a stereotype that is very well developed and very recognizable, you know, Mm -hmm. like for example, with, with some of these dominant function pairs like an INFP and an ISFP the INFP stereotype is much more easily recognizable for whatever reason but then there are some like INFJ and INTJ where both of the stereotypes are very distinct and very recognizable Mm -hmm. and ISFP just for me doesn't maybe I just haven't taken enough time to uh consume the ISFP stuff out there but uh I think my problem is I have I have a lot of friends who I think are ISFPs, but yeah. the problem is that they're cool. They're like yeah. really cool. Like I can't really make fun of them. They have great yeah. fashion sense and they're chill. And how, how do I start making fun of you? So if you're an ISFP and you know how I can make fun of you, please let us. Yeah, know. it is. It's hard to make. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to make fun of people for being too cool. I mean, I guess, and the thing is, like, if you do, if you find one good joke about a type, it becomes not as great of a joke if you do the same joke over and over. So, yeah, 
Yeah, so I think that definitely goes, somebody, a couple of people asked us, which is the most challenging type to portray. And I think for me, I find that I have the ISFP is one of the ones that's blank every time. Yeah, at the end. At the very end. Yeah, a lot of the S-types, the ISFP, the ESTJ is often difficult. Yeah, and I guess that kind of goes along with, uh, where did some, somebody ask something kind of similar? Oh, they asked, is it easier to come up with lines for the types that are more similar to you in terms of functions? So what do you think mm. about that? Because I think that's a good question. Yeah, not necessarily because like, uh, so it would, I'm trying to think of what would be the most different. I guess an ESTJ would be the most different and they're just, it's just difficult to come up with stuff for them because they're so similar to ENTJs. And the, so the ENTJ usually gets the better line. <laughs> and we just want to make the ESTJ Gordon Ramsay every time. Right. <laughs> Even though we get comments that are like, what are you, an idiot? Gordon Ramsay's clearly intuitive. It's so obvious, you idiot. I don't know. I think he's a censor. I think if you look... You look at his, he had a little football career. He's a chef. I don't know. He strikes me as a censor. People can fight me on it, but that's that's my yeah. opinion. That's my I opinion. mean, I haven't done enough. Uh, I haven't done any interview research with him. I guess you could argue that if he played football, then that means he would, or soccer, uh, <laughs> which I say didn't make any sense. I say that in a British accent. I accidentally say football and then say um if he was an athlete then he needs to have se somewhere so that could be the argument for him being an entj frank don't poke um, holes in my gordon ramsay argument yeah i mean i Nothing don't care we even we even do the types we've like when we do we've done donald trump we've done him his uh impersonation as an estp and an uh, estj and it's like we're in that moment, that particular celebrity represents something about a type, even if they're not that type. So that's where we draw our license to just do whatever. True. <laughs> it, I mean, you can't go too crazy. Like, you wouldn't want to say, oh, but you wouldn't do Donald Trump as, like, an INFP. But <laughs> I was just picturing that in my head as you were saying that. Yeah, but, you know, there are, there are some types that you could do one celebrity in multiple types, depending. Yeah, I think that is true. And I think, too, for... I think some, sometimes, if we're being honest with ourselves, we're just having fun. We're just having a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> and with the Donald Trump one, I think we just really wanted to put in a Donald Trump impersonation. Right. And the ESTP joke was already written. So we're right. like, what if, what if Donald Trump fired Timmy? Wouldn't that right. be I think that's literally the text I sent you. Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> yeah, because there's like there's only so much because there are so much so much overlap between types. They're not that distinct because it's all just moving parts. Yeah. You know, it's every there's you have a lot in common with a bunch of other types. So there's not too much you can do that you could say only this type would do that unless it's like a really complex situation. And like, we're trying to tell jokes, not uh, write a dissertation here. So true. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes we come up with the jokes first and then are like, what type conceivably would say this? 
oh, yeah. there's like four types that could, we'll just give it to one of them, you know? Yeah, I do find that I do that, especially sometimes I'll pick between, especially like ISFJ and some of the other SJ types. It's, and I'll kind of switch the lights yeah. around and I'll be like, eh, does that fit? And change a word or two and it will be more representative of whichever type you want it to be. Right. I mean, there are some times where we've gone over the script and I'm like, looks good. And then I'll film it and maybe even think it's going to be that type, but then switch it to a different type when I edit it, because I'm like, I just think it fits better with this, with a different type. Like sometimes <laughs> I think once I switched the INTP and the INTJ around. No. Yeah, you yeah. did. And I think that was, I think it was correct to do that. Honestly, even though I had written one specifically as I was picturing it as INTJ and one is not, I felt like it made sense when you switched them. Yeah, sometimes so it's just a judgment call. Yeah. yeah. So let's see. How do we brainstorm sketch ideas? We steal them from your comments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, that's a great uh, place to get them because some people have really good suggestions that we just straight up steal or spark an idea for something else. We're like, okay, that's not the greatest idea, but it's on to something, you know? Yeah, I think that's true. I, I think that I was, when I first started writing them, I was writing very specifically to my own experiences. It's like the first two that I wrote was, I wrote the substitute teacher one, which I was a substitute teacher and I am a teacher now. So a lot of it was my own experience and mm -hmm. then uh, the other one was types at a wedding reception. Uh, so I was writing, I was big on big into wedding planning at that point. So I wrote a lot about my own experiences. Yeah. Um, but I feel like as time has gone on, I think we've kind of gone for a more general, it, kind of like we take a general scenario and we kind of put an absurd twist on it. Like we make the characters crazy, but they're in a normal setting, like an office or right cool yeah because it's like um as some sometimes being really specific is good because we try to also think about what's clickable and what are people going to want to watch mm -hmm. and sometimes it's hard to predict but sometimes we can be pretty sure like the types at the office we knew going into that 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 was clickable and that that was going to do well and it did mm -hmm. um but some of them it's just like you don't know and Sometimes you can get too general. Sometimes you can get too specific. So it's about finding that balance. And uh, we also try to like look at the calendar and be like, what's going on? So how, obviously, like during Christmas, we did a bunch of Christmas ones. Mm -hmm. But we're all, we also do like, uh, like when I, I think, the, well, the substitute teacher one, that was over the summer. Yeah. But we did like a high school student one during the back to school time. We did yep. We did, uh, well, even the wedding reception one, that was like during wedding season, kind of. Yeah, I was right in that summertime. Yeah. yeah, we have done a lot of kind of, and even ones like, for example, the online dating one uh, that we did January. I think you'd still want to do that because January was one of the big months for yeah. online dating. So we do kind of try to look at the time of year and that kind of stuff as well. Well, and the interesting thing, though, is that you can make a video and it gets a ton of views like months later. So it doesn't necessarily have to be that well thought out. But you're like, yeah. at some point, people are going to want to watch this. 
And uh, well, you brought the dating app one is interesting because, yeah, we we planned it already because we were like, yeah, that's the month. January is when everyone starts to date again, um, assuming they're single. And and, uh, at the same time, I saw in my analytics that my old one about the coffee date was blowing up. Oh, yeah. Ostensibly for the same reason. So I was like, we got to do something similar. So that just gave us more reason to do that one. And uh, I don't think, I honestly don't think the dating app one did any better than another one would have. But it was in our mind when we chose to do it that week. We were yeah. like, we got to we gotta go with the momentum of this other video. Yeah. And I think sometimes... There are, yeah, there are definitely times where we don't know how well something's going to perform. And sometimes it'll be surprising what does perform really well, what does end up getting the clicks versus what, you know, gets a little bit less. Right. And sometimes uh, I think it's out of your control. Well, it's always out of your control because YouTube is going to recommend whatever it wants. And Mm -hmm. it might be because some other big YouTuber did something similar, you know, a similar theme. And so everyone on YouTube is looking at videos that have to do with that now. You just never know why you're getting it. Um, when back to school came around and we put out the high school students one, the substitute teacher one also got a big boost at the same time. Yeah. Because it's like back to school, people are looking at stuff that has to do with school. So um, you can't always predict when or how or why. But you tr- we try to generally think at some point this might <laughs> appeal to somebody. So, so basically we, uh, steal ideas from the comments and then we throw things at the wall to see what sticks. Right. Exactly. (laughs) That's exactly what we do. And I feel like this year we're going to try, like we, we like to try things that are slightly different because we don't, you don't want to do just the same thing over and over. So thinking of different ways to approach a script and different ways to shoot and edit and just what have we not done before so there this year 2020 there will be some that are probably a bit different whether you know whether you realize that as a viewer or not like they'll be they'll be different in a way for us yeah so just to keeping it fresh keeping it fresh let's see so i'm looking at some of the other ones um so somebody said do you ever get spontaneous with what you say or just completely ad-lib a video uh no i've never ad-libbed there there are a well i mean i've never ad-libbed a whole video but there have been well the, i guess the question isn't about the whole video it's <laughs> there's uh there's uh there's been a few times where i'm trying to say it word for word but then i'm like this isn't funny so i just kind of like say whatever I just like say whatever using the line as a guide yeah and uh I mean I I think I did it recently it wasn't and it's not like a total ad lib but there are times where I just kind of just start spouting off random stuff yeah one that comes to mind for me uh is the one where the INFP was talking about the tooth fairy and you had oh, that yeah. whole diatribe where he went on and on about, um, you know, putting his tooth under his pillow and his parents didn't, you know, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, and it's funny because that is one where 
I didn't write it down, but it's not like a pure ad lib because yeah, I ad libbed in front of the camera to come up with that. But then I said it over and over again once I had found it. So it was Uh, like, yeah, I don't know how many, I don't think there's ever been a time maybe once or twice where you actually, what made it to the video was a pure ad lib. And that was the first time it had been found. (laughs) And maybe if, if it's ever done that, it's only been like maybe a word or a small part of a phrase where I just threw it in there because it felt right at the time. Yeah. I mean, for all that you, you know, and I always say when I, when we write the script and go over the script, I always say like, whatever you need to change while you're filming, change it. But for the most part, it ends up being pretty, it seems, it ends up having the same shape as the script that we come up with together. Yeah. The only, off the top of my head, the only time I can think of that a pure ad lib made it. And there were probably others. This is the only one I can think of is in the wedding reception one at the end, the ESFP, I think, who (laughs) crashed the party. And I say, I can't wait. I'm so happy they're together for forever. I just added the for forever at the end in the moment. And 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 that wasn't even the last take I took. I did it again and again after that. But sometimes... Like I, I'll do each line five times, maybe to 10 times, depending on how difficult it is to get out. Yeah. And sometimes, usually I would say like 60 to 70% of the time, the last take I take is the best one. <laughs> but sometimes my takes get worse and worse and more wooden as I go on. And so I end up taking an earlier one that maybe isn't as perfect, but has the right energy, you know? I'm just picturing you turning into Pinocchio, just more and more women. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of them are just like by the last take, it's like there's no energy in this, and I just look like I'm phoning it in. Folks, he's dead inside. I'm literally dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, somebody asked, do you ever crack up while filming? To which I would say, yes, watch the bloopers, right? Yeah, you got to watch the bloopers. <laughs> watch the bloopers. Sometimes I crack up. Sometimes I start swearing up a storm because I'm like, this is going all wrong. Uh. But usually I crack up. You it's all, me. yeah. Sometimes I am like, Holly, why did you write this? <laughs> it's like in Star Wars, like back in Star Wars in the 70s. Uh, I think, I don't know if this is a made up story, but Harrison Ford once said to George Lucas, it's like, you can write this crap, but we can't speak it, you know? That's, <laughs> so that's using all my fancy English teacher words. So that's what I say. Okay. One, one of these days. Let's see. Um, so, yes, do you, do you crack up? Yes, you definitely do, but sometimes you swear too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> have you ever – oh, wait, let's see. Do you ever feel overwhelmed while you're making the videos or experience perfectionism paralysis? And then somebody who runs uh, Myers-Briggs blog said, do you ever worry about letting down people who are watching for their type? Uh, I only really worry about, I don't want (laughs) to sound like I'm playing favorites, but I mean, like I mentioned, I really only worry about letting down the big ones that are represented in the comments, because if they feel dissatisfied, then it's a problem, you know? So if the, if, 
a lot of people who who are INFJ are like that was wrong then uh that's not good but I've never really had that problem I think they generally maybe it's just because we are good at portraying that type um we're just being ourselves we're just good at yeah <laughs> I think also because when you're more familiar with the type it allows you to do more nuanced jokes and more you know go more into depth yeah that I, we don't do with other types I agree with that like we I don't guess. go very in depth with the ISFP for example but yeah, I think sometimes I'll make a joke for the INFJ where it's not like an exact like, I am making this joke because we have these functions. But I'm just like, INFJs will know. They'll, they'll pick up what I'm putting down. They'll understand what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is not the most uh, scientific way of going at it. But Well, I think it's because, <laughs> yeah, it's because at that point we're not being mechanical about it. We're like, we understand that type as a whole like human being. Yeah, I think that that is true. I yeah. think the only type that I worry about letting down, well, I honestly do feel bad when I let down the ENFPs because I feel like the ENFPs, they've got some complexity to them that maybe yeah. don't always come across. But the INTJs are the ones that I, I worry about disappointing because if, they're, if, if my interpretation is wrong, They'll let us know, man. Yeah. Those INTJs will be like, Inaccurate. What are you doing? <laughs> like, are you, what's wrong with you? Go home. And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> yeah. But that's also what I love about INTJs. So I can't, I can't hate. Yeah. I think I like making fun of them the most because they like, they're sort of like the INTPs. They can take it. Some of them can't, but most of them can. And they like it when they get, uh, you know, excoriated if i'm using that word right they like being portrayed yeah. as the misanthropic you know but yeah. <laughs> yeah some types, some types if we drag them even if it's extremely accurate they get very uncomfortable that's very true yeah the other part of that question like the perfectionism or the other question that was part of that is yeah. uh um, yeah, I do experience perfectionism. Well, I mean, you know, because I, there was one time I uploaded a video and sent it to you and then I was like, ah, I messed up the volume on one type and I have to re upload it. And yeah, you're like, I don't even know what you're talking about. It's already, yeah. No, I, I think, was like, I know. <laughs> I think that's something that maybe, I mean, people would have no way of really knowing this about you just from watching the videos that you upload, but you are totally perfectionistic with that kind of stuff. You will be up super late, like crack of dawn, like, you know, pre-scheduling the video and I'll see it at 6 a.m. when I wake up for work and I'm like, oh my God, how late was he up (laughs) making this video? (laughs) Yeah. It's like a technical perfectionism. I mean, I'm... Uh, there is a bit like I don't I don't feel the perfectionism so much when we're going over the script. Like obviously I want it to be good, but I'm like, ah, if we if a joke is a dud, it's okay, you know. Like overall, it's good enough. Yeah. But then when it gets to the actual like shooting it and editing it and stuff, I'm like, no, this has got to look good. Like I'll I even go so far as to like for most of them, I'll like wash my hair (laughs) you know i'll style my hair i'll make sure i'm shaved because i'm like lots of people are going to see this so i better like put some effort into my appearance and stuff uh 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a whole, you know, every week there's a ton of, there's a lot of work that goes into, you know, a video that's three minutes long between us planning it and talking on the phone about it and you filming it and editing it and posting it. A lot goes yeah. into that. I never thought about it that way. Like a three minute video takes eight to 10 hours of work. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> it does. It's true. Because yeah. to me, I'm like, oh, that's not much. It's like, it's not 40 hours, you know, but it's like when you say for a three minute video, then it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is a lot. It's, it's like putting on a show every week, except the show is only three minutes and <laughs> the rehearsal yeah. take so much longer. Uh, so I guess, let's see. We've got time for a couple more questions. Yeah. Um, so let's look at a couple of these. Uh, this one was one that we answered yesterday before that footage got lost in the sands of time. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the one that, sorry, it's the one that says, um, so your 16 personalities videos, even though you weren't the one that quote unquote set the trend, they're the ones that get they get a good number of views. Yeah. Um, so this person asked, do, do you feel like you and Holly have mastered and found the ideal balance of creative writing, editing, and clickbait, quote unquote? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we've found a good process because it's weird because uh, people, I don't know the first one to do it, but it's been around for a while, like at least a couple of years that people have done 16 personalities doing blah, blah, blah. And I had seen those years ago and was like, oh, that would be a good idea to do that because it gets views. Mm -hmm. But a lot of those people did were like one and done. They did one video, got a ton of views, and then for some reason never did it again or only did it once every few months. And I'm like, gosh. And then Bogdan came along and he did it like every week and was getting a lot of views. So I was, I was like, aha. Someone has shown that this is sustainable. And uh, so then I jumped on it. And I even asked him first. I was like, uh, do you mind if I do one of these <laughs> videos? I don't know if he knew I was going to keep doing it. But I was like, I, you know, it would be foolish to be successful at it and then stop. But he was like, yeah, go ahead. You know? Yeah, I remember. Um, oh. That's it. Yeah, all I was going to say is I remember you sending me the uh, 16 personalities at a job interview um, like before you had said it to like go live or whatever. And I was, I remember watching him be like, whoa, this is going to be huge for him. Um, so I'm glad that you kept going with it because I felt like it would have been a, a waste if you hadn't. Plus you always wanted to get more into the comedy side of things from what you've said to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at my early videos, I was making, trying to make comedy videos early, but they never did well. So I'm glad that I was able to find one that dovetailed it. And like for people listening who are aspiring YouTubers, like this is something that you've got to do to uh, you've got to be constantly doing like research on what's popular on YouTube, especially things that are related to your niche. And uh, so that's basically what I did. And uh, it worked out. So I kept doing it. And uh at some point, it won't be popular anymore, and I'll have to f jump to something else. But that's what, uh, but you know, the research and figuring out what's going to work is a big part of it because YouTube isn't a place where you can just do anything and be successful. You've got to keep your eyes out for what's popular already. 
Yeah, it's true. And uh, that kind of goes into somebody asked, how do you keep things fresh? Do you still enjoy making these? No, we hate it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I hate every I'm second. S- I'm sick of Frank. This is my waste of my life. <laughs> Should have been a, I couldn't even think. Should have been a trash man. Corn farmer. Corn farmer. I should have uh, been lazy. Uh, I'm having fun with it and I think we just keep it fresh by trying to change things up and do things a little differently every time and uh, yeah I think I mean if we I think what also keeps it fun is that people like them you know if people didn't like them we wouldn't do it so yeah I think that I always look forward to on Fridays reading the reaction I'm always Yeah, this is horrible to admit, but you know, no, I mean, I'm, a, I'm a teacher, and I have my my phone in my desk drawer, and every so often I will check the comments because I just can't stop myself. I love reading the comments, and I just yeah. I love the feedback from it because like, yeah, what are you doing? This end nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Busy, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think we have a lot of fun making them. You know, the nice thing yeah. is that we were friends before we started working together. So it's very easy to bounce ideas off each other. And it's also easy to be like, nope, I don't think that's a good idea. Or no, yeah. we're going to do something different. You know, we're at that point where we can be honest with each other for the good of the video. Yeah. Be like, that's that's really funny, but <laughs> we can be funnier. My favorite's like, you'll pause, you'll read the line, you'll pause, and then you'll be like, well, what if we did it? I'm like, oh, he doesn't like it. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the drawing board. Yeah. But, you know, what, what you said about reading all the feedback, it's like I would be, I would be too anxious to not read the feedback because – there's a lot of valuable stuff in there, you know, either people giving suggestions or people telling us, oh, man, when you did that type, that was really good. Or even yeah. when people are like, you missed the mark, even though it's annoying when I read it. I'm like, <laughs> if I see enough people who are like, you don't know what you're talking about with ISFPs, then I'm like, OK, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. I think we just have a vendetta against ISFPs. I think we're just yeah. jealous because they're cooler than us. Yeah, stuff is so cool. We just wish that we had their their fine aesthetic sense, but yeah, right. I do agree. I think that it is helpful, and I have I've had some good conversations with people in the comments too, where if they know that I, you know, if they know me and that I write the videos with you, they'll say, "Hey, I really like how you do this with this type, but this type is more like this," and I really use that feedback um, because I I try to think about. I, I always want people to like. You know, even if it's mean, even if it's making fun of them a little bit, I want people to feel satisfied with the way that we're portraying them. Right. And it's not always easy to do that. Sometimes we totally will miss the mark or we'll try, you know, swing and a miss. But I don't know. I think the feedback has definitely helped me be a stronger writer for some of the different types. Yeah. I mean, the best the best feedback to let us know that we're doing a good job is when someone leaves a comment like, why you got to come after me like that? <laughs> no, you know? they're like, ouch. Yeah. Or they'll like, they'll like quote a line 
like quote the beginning of a line and then and then it'll be like me oh no and then, and then it says <laughs> i i and t yeah and then it was me is like oh crap yeah those are the best. especially i you know i try to be I have a very self-deprecating sense of humor myself, as do you. So I think that it's fun to have that. Yeah. I think it's fun to have that teasing, you know, here's the flaw. Let's make it into something that's still funny and lovable. But yeah. It's still totally a flaw that we're dragging you for. How you'll, yeah, how you're ruining your life. And we all see it. <laughs> Everybody's watching. <laughs> well, I think... Uh, we answered like the uh, the the most pressing questions. I think there are a lot of questions that we didn't get to. I mean, are there any other ones that you think are like? I think they were all, they were all great questions, tremendous questions, wonderful questions. Believe me, <laughs> <laughs> I think this one was just one. Nobody even asked this. I asked this because I was curious. <laughs> so, which of of the videos that you've made for the sixteen personalities? Which one do you think is your favorite thus far? Whether oh. it's the most accurate or it's the most creative, whatever one, which one's your favorite? Wow, that's a hard question. Um, I'm looking back through the list to see what we've done. Because none of them jump out to me immediately. I mean, maybe one of the early ones just because I have a nostalgia for it. Uh, yeah, I a lot of I really like a lot of the early ones that just you wrote I think one of my favorites of the early ones that you wrote is the one where they're at the doctor's office that's one that's one of my early favorites yeah yeah that was that was a fun one that was one I recorded the morning of like I didn't have time to do it so I recorded it Friday morning and released it like that afternoon that was like the fastest turnaround I think of any video any of the those videos dang I did not know that Yep. Um, this is hard. Like this, this is difficult to pick one. I know. Uh, we have done quite a few by now. Yeah, quite, quite a few. I think um, of the ones, I'm, it might be the substitute teacher one. That was a lot of fun to do. Yeah, I think that one is probably my favorite. Although, and I said this um, yesterday, but... I feel like if I went back, I would change some of the lines and kind of clean them up a little bit since it was the first one that I wrote. But I really like getting the reaction to that, specifically because there were some people that were in the comments that were saying, you know, I am a teacher. I am a substitute. This is totally accurate to my personality. I think I just love that added, (laughs) you know, these people know what it's like and they are affirming that it's accurate. Right. Yeah. And plus it's like a very simple like setup. Like there's not much to it. It's just a guy standing in front of a blackboard. And yeah, that guy being me. So much fun with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my students had a substitute teacher today. I'm wondering um which which substitute they had. I don't think they had a Frank James substitute, sadly, but <laughs> Oh yeah. That's too bad. It's too bad. I bet they wish they had had the one that told them that they were going to go outside and play kickball. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. The teacher who's just like, I don't care. I don't care. Me just on Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess uh, <laughs> that that seems like a good behind the scenes look at so. the 16 personalities uh, franchise on the Frank James channel. Extended universe. 
You know, right. I mean, we didn't get around to answering uh, my burning question, which was, uh, why is your co-writer so fabulous and amazing? But I think some things have to remain a mystery. Oh, yeah. I think we'd need a whole podcast episode just for that one question, you know? So next week we can, we can figure out <laughs> <laughs> zero views. <laughs> uh, they'll be like, yeah, we don't care. I did not listen. <laughs> <laughs> la, 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 I'm not listening. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining me. And we've yeah. got to find some other uh, topics to cover where uh, we can do kind of a co-host thing because it's difficult. Like I realized I'm not good at sustaining long things <laughs> like a <laughs> podcast by myself. So I'm here for you. If you if you will have me, I am here for you. Yes. <laughs> All well, right. Thank you very much for having me on the Frank James podcast on the Frank James channel. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Uh, and thank you all for listening and uh, make sure you do all the stuff you're supposed to do with a podcast, like it or whatever, follow it. You can tell I'm good at pitching this. So, uh, market. Thank- yeah. <laughs> Download it. Yeah. <laughs> Put it on in the car. Advertise it. With a sign in your front yard. Put the Frank James Audible subscription link just right on the sign. Right. We need, we need the money. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see you all sometime later. Bye-bye. All bye. right. Bye.